Hello and welcome to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Each episode, we explore the different ways that your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and through your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? This week, I want to talk about courageous conversations, also known as awkward conversations, powerful conversations, crucial conversations, tough conversations, and fierce conversations. Basically, they're the ones that we want to avoid. And I picked this topic because this is exactly what I have been living with real time. So last week, I had two scenarios where I had to really lean in and have very awkward conversations. And I was dreading both of them, but I knew I had to put my big girl pants on and have them. And as sometimes happens, one went really well, and it actually surprised me how aligned we both were with our objectives. And I'm really grateful that I leaned in and I had that conversation. And the other one, well, let's just say it didn't go so well, but it definitely had to happen. It was a messy conversation. It was full of a lot of conflict and a lot of confrontation, and we were clearly not aligned on our objectives. We didn't find a mutual solution, but I definitely got some closure and some peace of mind to move on. And guess what? I am very grateful that I had that conversation too. You see, sometimes the outcome of a courageous conversation isn't always positive, and that's not even the point. The purpose of having them is to be fully conscious and fully present and to speak everything that is on your pretty little mind to present your side of the situation and to give you that peace of mind. Because what often happens is that we avoid having a courageous conversation. We essentially are suffering because we're full of fear and we're full of dread about what the results are going to be or how painful it's going to be. So here's a look at what we're going to learn today. In our first segment, I'm going to explain what a courageous conversation really is. In our second segment, I'm going to explain why we need to have them. And then in our last segment, I'm going to give you some tips on how to have them more effectively. But first, I want to start with a story. about you, but I have noticed that technology is definitely changing the way that we interact with each other. And it seems like it's really giving us this opportunity to be more vulnerable in a safe environment, in a ring-fenced environment. But the question I keep asking myself is, is this a good thing or not? So let me use an example to explain what I mean. I have a scenario that really made me recently question if technology is actually enabling vulnerability in a good way, in a safe way, or is it actually creating fake vulnerability? So do you have certain people in your life that you find it easier to be intimate and vulnerable with in a digital conversation instead of face-to-face? Do you know what I mean? You can say something via text message that you couldn't actually say to their face. Have you ever thought about this? 
So here's the scenario. I have this friend that I know quite well, and we actually used to see each other all the time in a work environment. And years later now, we actually don't see each other on a regular basis, but we keep in touch via social media. So we're online all the time, not directly in email conversations one-to-one, only over public social media. So he runs a business, and so do I. And on social media, you know, we're always talking about our businesses and supporting each other, liking posts, sharing posts, commenting. And then something strange happened. I ran into him the other day, IRL, in real life, near the bus station. And I saw him immediately, and I got really excited, right? Because I haven't seen him in years. So I went up to him to say hi and break into conversation, as you normally do with a friend. But he was super awkward. And he didn't want to talk at all. It was a very odd conversation. And he actually didn't seem really happy to see me or to even want to talk to me. Now, I had no idea what was going on with him. He could have had something else going on personally that was causing him to act really weird. So in those situations, I try to not take it personally. I try to be empathetic as to what he has going on and not make it all about me. But that's honestly not the kind of vibe that I was getting. It wasn't that something else was distracting him, you know, and my spidey sense is pretty, pretty finely tuned these days. Something was definitely off. And sadly, this isn't an isolated incident. This happens all the time. Not with everyone. There's certain people in my world where I can have a seamless conversation, you know, a banter back and forth in real life and then digital. So, you know, I can comment on a Facebook post and then they can ask me a question over Instagram and then I answer it via text message and then we bump into each other on the street and pick up that conversation. I know it sounds odd, but it just kind of flows and it just kind of works and it happens. And the conversation and the tone, well, it's all consistent. And then there are these other scenarios with people where we've managed to create this level of digital intimacy that doesn't translate into the real world. And what is up with that? I do not understand it at all. And I don't know if digital intimacy is actually a real thing, if it's something that I just made up, but I I don't know what we call it, but I have certainly noticed that this happens. And I don't know if I really like it because it doesn't feel authentic. It feels like You have this level of depth to your relationship, but then when you see each other in real life, it doesn't translate. It's kind of awkward. But, and there's a big but, or as a coach, you know, we're trained to never say the word but. We say yes and. So what is the yes and in this scenario? Well, even though I may not like this sort of digital intimacy, maybe I shouldn't rush in to label it as a bad thing, right? Some people may find that this is the only way that they can really discuss their feelings or tell you what they think. I know I've learned over the years as a coach that certain personality types find it really difficult to express their emotions face-to-face or to uh, process their emotions in a quick enough time to explain what's going on. So it's really beneficial for them to have processing time to think something through and then come back and explain how they feel about it. And I completely understand this. For me, I know I don't have any problems discussing things to people's faces. There are certain conversations that I obviously I would prefer to have over others, definitely. But the obvious solution here is to just lean in and have the conversation. 
But I do have to say for the record that I prefer to have seamless conversations where we can talk openly online and in person across all channels and say anything face to face. It's seamless. It feels authentic. Who knows? I I don't really have an answer to this story. I can't really wrap it up in a nice little bow. But what I can say is that this is something that I've been noticing a lot lately. And I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to see whether this is something that you've experienced as well. Do you know what I'm talking about? This whole digital intimacy? If you can shed any light on this topic, I would love to hear it and I would appreciate it because I don't want to put labels on things of what is good, bad, right or wrong. But I do want to say that I have noticed this happening a lot and I find it fascinating. And I do believe in that saying, you know, evolve or die. And so maybe this is actually a really positive thing. Maybe this is just the next natural step of our evolution of communication. All right, let's start by talking about what a courageous conversation really is. And it is when we have a deeply honest and sometimes passionate conversation about something that is very important to us. Sometimes we're addressing a problem or a situation. Sometimes we're making a request of another person because we're not happy with how the situation is currently. It can be the start of a relationship. It could be the end of a relationship or the need to tweak how a relationship is currently going. It could be sharing feedback or asking for help. I could create an entire episode, I think, listing all the different scenarios of what a courageous conversation really is and how it can look. It can happen one-to-one. It can also happen with an entire group of people, with a whole team or with a family or a group of friends. But underneath all courageous conversations, there's a few common themes. We typically avoid or dread having these conversations because we're unsure how they're going to turn out. And we are unsure what the other person's reaction is going to be. And often we're uncomfortable bringing it up or discussing certain aspects of it. I look at courageous conversations in a very simple way. This is how I break it down into four simple things. First, you're unhappy with a current situation or a circumstance and you want things to be differently than they are currently. Second, you have to share the truth or make something conscious. Third, you consider everyone's perspectives. And fourth, you resolve the situation with some sort of action that will make things different than they are today. So that is four specific elements. And we really must have all those four elements in order for it to be a courageous conversation. This means, and here's some tough love, that you just can't head into a heated debate and discuss something that really bothers you. If you're just venting back and forth to another person, this isn't a courageous conversation. You're just venting. It's just a fight or a heated discussion. That's not a conversation. That is just plain old conflict and it doesn't get you anywhere, does it? And in most cases, it doesn't actually make you feel any better. So let's check in with you. Can you think of a courageous conversation that you've had over the last few years? And it could be one that you've had in business or it could be one that you've had in your personal life. Did you have all four elements 
to the conversation. First, you are unsatisfied with the current situation. Second, you revealed the truth to others. Third, you took time to consider everyone's perspective. And fourth, you agree to do something different in the future. Think back to that conversation right now. Were you dreading the conversation before you had it? Was it uncomfortable for you to have? Did you resolve it? Yes or no? And most importantly, did you feel relieved after you had the conversation? I'm guessing that you did because that is, to me, the most important part of having a courageous conversation is that it gives you some sort of closure or some sort of peace of mind about speaking what is important to you. Now, a common misconception with a courageous conversation is that they always have a positive outcome, and that is not always the case. A, a big example would be you know, terminating an employee or ending a client contract. It's not always the case that it is positive, but something in that relationship needed to be different, and ending the working relationship had to happen. It might not be positive for both parties or for one of them, but it's what was necessary in that scenario. And the other thing I want you to remember is that not all circumstances are resolved with one single conversation. Sometimes we may have to have multiple conversations over time to be able to find the resolution. And some scenarios that are really heated, you might need to have a third party or a facilitator to really have that conversation. And that is really, really important Important to point out. The outcome of a courageous conversation isn't always positive. That's not the point. The purpose of having them is to be fully conscious and fully present and speak everything that is on your mind to present your side of the situation. And this will give you peace of mind. Because what often happens is that when we avoid having a courageous conversation, we suffer because we are full of fear full of dread about what the results are going to be. So we avoid it. Now here's the tricky thing about a courageous conversation. They're not always just about resolving an issue. A lot of times we have them just for our own peace of mind. And this is when people get agitated and they really need to speak their mind with someone else, but they think, oh, you know what, what's the point of rehashing that? I can't change the way things are. Just let sleeping dogs lie. Why bring this up now? What's done is done. You may have found yourself saying something like that, or you might hear someone else say that in the past. But this is wrong thinking because just because you can't change what happened, it doesn't mean that you can ignore it or that you have to accept what the outcome was. Because you and I both know that you can't ignore it. It's just going to eat away at you. You know this is true, right? And so a courageous conversation will facilitate you speaking your mind. This is so important. I know it's tricky to understand this, so I'm going to use an example. Let's say someone has done something that really, really upset you. And you think, oh, what's done is done. Why bother bother bringing it up? But the truth is you absolutely have to bring it up because your peace of mind demands that you do. If you leave it, it will fester. It will eat away at you. Trust me, the natural law of expansion requires you to lean in and do what is uncomfortable because you're being called forth to grow and to learn from this circumstance. 
The natural law of expansion states that it is our mission in life to continuously learn and grow and that frustrating people and challenging circumstances are put in front of you to teach you a lesson or develop a new quality to grow. And only when we learn this lesson or we develop this new quality that we will be able to move on from this challenging situation or this repeated pattern. So in this scenario, this conversation might not change what the outcome was, but you will be able to speak your mind. And this is so important, not just to give you peace of mind, but to help you build up the muscle of standing up for yourself and sharing your perspective. And one other really important thing I want to point out is that courageous conversations are two-way, which I know seems pretty Captain Obvious, but let's stay here for a minute. It's just as important to listen to what the other person has to say. This is not just an opportunity for you to speak your mind, no matter how amazing you are. It is equally important for you to listen to the other person and not just listen, but to actually hear what they have to say. Those are two very different things, listening and hearing, right? And listen to their body language as well, to their tone of voice, to the pace of how they are speaking. You know, I've heard that up to 80% of communication is actually nonverbal. So really try when you listen to listen at all different levels. Absorb as much information as you can. And just as a side note, I think this is really why I get so frustrated with this digital intimacy because I feel like it's not giving me the chance to hear the full story from people in that moment. There's so much more information and data that I can pick up and absorb from people when I am with them face to face. All right, in this segment, I want to share some tips with you. And these tips are taken from Susan Scott's book. It's called Fierce Conversations. She's done a lot of work in this area with corporations, and she's an expert at really facilitating fierce conversations. So here are seven principles that Susan talks about in her book. Seven principles of fierce conversations, okay? Number one, master the courage to interrogate reality. It sounds intense, right? Are your assumptions valid? Has anything changed? What is now required of you or of others? And this is important because you want to always be looking at other people's perspectives of challenging the situation. Sometimes we get really stuck and rigidly hold on to our perception of what things are, but please keep an open mind at all times. So that's number one, master the courage to interrogate reality. Number two, come out from behind yourself into the conversation and make it real. When the conversation is real, change can occur before the conversation is over. Now, I love this. I think that this really uh, goes to show that it's important for us to be present. For me, I interpret this as just being really conscious and being open-minded enough to be able to accept a solution. You know, sometimes we get really attached to being a victim or being the person that was wronged. And so if we stay rigidly attached to being that victim, then we don't hold space for us to find a solution and move forward, right? So number two, come out from behind yourself into the conversation and make it real. Number three, be here 
prepared to be nowhere else. That's a good one. Speak and listen as if this is the most important conversation you will ever have with this person. Love it. And I know I'm guilty of this, this multitasking. You might be having a conversation with someone, but also being on your phone, whether it's, you know, chatting to someone else or just looking for a photo that you want to show them. We have lost this art of being present and being 100% um, in attention to someone else that we're talking to. So number three, be here, be prepared to be nowhere else. Number four, tackle your toughest challenge today. Identify and then confront the real obstacles in your path. Confrontation should be a search for the truth. I love that. Healthy relationships include both confrontation and appreciation. That is a really, really rich one, number four. And where do I even start? I mean, healthy relationships include confrontation and appreciation. I think that's really important to point out because in work relationships and personal relationships, I see this a lot. As soon as that tiniest little speck of disagreement happens, people see that as a sign of wanting to run away, of tapping out, of saying, oh no, maybe you know, we're not meant to work together or maybe we're not soulmates. But we have to understand that confrontation is just a natural part of building a relationship. No perfect or no relationship is ever perfect. It's about finding the tools to get yourself through that challenge and really focus on communicating. So that is number four. Tackle your toughest challenge today. Number five. Oh, my favorite. Obey your instincts. During each conversation, listen for more than content. Listen for emotion and intent as well. Act on your instincts rather than passing them over for fear that you will be wronged or that you might offend. You know, we, we hammer this home every single episode, don't we? We always talk about getting out of your head into your heart. You've got to listen and you've got to connect. Your gut always knows the truth. Where we go wrong is we might hear it, but we don't listen or act on it. We don't always trust it, right? So number five, obey your instincts. Number six, take responsibility for your emotional wake. For a leader, there is no trivial comment. The conversation is not about the relationship. The conversation is the relationship. Learning to deliver the message without the load allows you to speak with clarity, conviction, and compassion. I love this. So take responsibility for the impact that you are having on others. The conversation is the relationship. So choose your words wisely. So number six, take responsibility for your emotional wake, for the impact that you have on others. And the last one, the juiciest, seven, let silence do the heavy lifting. Talk with people, not at them. Memorable conversations include breathing space. Slow down the conversation so that insight can occur in the space between the words. This is really, really beautifully said. And we sometimes fear silence, don't we? We feel like every single second has to be filled with words or dialogues and if we take time to reflect on what someone has just said that they're going to place a judgment on us or we're going to look awkward in that moment but silence is a form of communication it's very very powerful so number seven let silence 
do the heavy lifting. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on having a courageous conversation. I hope that you've had a chance to really reflect on a conversation that you've had in the past. I want you to make sure that you give yourself credit for having that conversation. It may not have been easy, but I'm sure that you were grateful that you had it. Just like in the example in the beginning, I had one conversation last week that went amazing. The other one went horrible. And yet, I'm very grateful and very proud that I had them both because they both needed to happen. And my second request of you is to be really honest with yourself and see, is there a conversation, a courageous conversation that you need to be having now with someone, bringing something up, talking about an incident, uh, talking about a scenario? If there is something that you need to talk about, please take an action today. Don't put it off any longer. There's always magic on the other side when we take the action to lean in and do what we are scared of. You will be so thankful that you did. I promise you. Okay? All right. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever, ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.